Are you doing well, Farno? Going all right? Isn't Riss doing a good job up here with the art? You know, expressing worship through art. Look, it's just wonderful, wonderful to be here uh, this morning. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Look, I was, um, I was looking at a video of a guy called Rob Kenny. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a guy in the US. And he started this YouTube channel called uh, Dad, How Do I... You ever had those questions? Dad, how do I... You know, how do I... You know, I've been asked, how do you tie a tie? You know, all the practical stuff. I've got mates my kids can go to for that stuff because I'm no good at that. But, uh, but, you know, Dad, how do I... And, and Kenny had a hard upbringing. He grew up with our parents. He'd, he'd been abandoned by his dad. But after raising his kids to adulthood, he thought, look, because I, I, he didn't want anyone to go through what he had. So he thought, you know, I've still got stuff to offer, so I want to, um, to, to, to make that available. And so he started this uh, YouTube channel. And so he released his first video very soon after the YouTube pandemic. Uh, sorry, after the COVID pandemic on YouTube. Let's get that right. YouTube pandemic, yeah. And so he wanted to provide practical advice. You know, stuff like um, uh, how do you wash a car? Uh, how do you, you know, how do you put on deodorant? And he also wanted to give emotional encouragement. You know, hey, I'm proud of you. You know, those sorts of words. And uh, he thought he might get 30 or 40 subscribers. Uh, he's now surpassed 4.7 million subscribers, has over 26 million views. And so in a time... Uh, that was marked by loneliness, social distancing, and isolation. Uh, it had this profound impact, and he was really surprised. His, his Christian faith was a big motivator for him, but he had no idea how deeply it would resonate uh, with people. So, uh, you know, he thought he was just uh, showing people how to do stuff, but uh, he, was, he was quite amazed. So in, in one situation he found out about, he had a video showing someone how to tie a tie, and people watching would just burst into tears. In uh, another one, he had a video showing people how to shave. And he found out that someone would just put it on a loop because they missed their dad. Or because they, you know, just liked having the feel of, of a dad there. And uh, there was this comment from this young man. He, he wrote this. I was, looked at the video and I was reading the comments under it. It was, it was phenomenal. He was one of the comments. Said, a young man wrote this, I'm 17, my dad has been in and out of jail since I was born, he's never taught me the basics of shaving and stuff like that, and I'm glad to have an internet dad like you, thank you, you know, it was quite amazing seeing the, the obvious hunger that there was for a father's love, and I want to acknowledge this morning, you know, that for some of us, we, we grew up knowing uh, a father's presence and a father's love, for, for many of us here and online, we, we did not. Uh, for others, when we say the word father, it conjures up positive images, emotions and feelings, security, love, acceptance. For others, it conjures up feelings of hurt or disappointment, perhaps anger or abandonment. And also, as I speak on this Father's Day, I want to honour everyone in this room who is involved in the raising of children, be that your mums, grandparents, uncles, aunties, you know, whānau of all description, uh, whether you're doing that on your own or whether you have support, it's such a high calling. I want to say, God bless you. As you care and nurture for these young lives, God is with you, amen. But Kenny's story shows how, for many in today's world, crave a father's love as distinct from a mother's love, as distinct from a a friend's love or a brother's love or a sister's love. All of that love is valuable, amen? But this morning, just speaking to that idea, 
of a father's love. This morning I want to reflect further on the father heart of God. And so if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to Luke chapter 3. We're going to read from verse 21. We're going to read about the baptism of Jesus. We're going to read about an exchange between father and son that's going to give us insights into our lives as children of God and insights into the father heart of the God who loves us so deeply. So we know where we're going this morning. Amen. So Luke chapter 3, I'm reading from verse 21. You notice the writing in these Bibles is a lot smaller these days. Why they do that? So, one day, when the crowds, uh, when the crowds were, were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. So this, this passage marks the preparation and the commencement of Jesus' earthly ministry. He is the Son of God. He is, uh, so drawing on the language of Psalm 2, we, we see that uh, he's in the special relationship with the Father. He's the Davidic king, the king in David's line, the Messiah, the Lion of Judah, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, who will come and rule in righteousness and justice. But it also draws on the language of Isaiah it speaks of the suffering servant, the, the anointed one who's loved and chosen, but who will ultimately suffer for many and bear the sins of many to restore them to God. And in Jesus, we see all of these Old Testament expectations brought together in one person, the suffering servant and the expected Messiah and King. But, but the other thing I love about this passage is the veil between heaven and earth is pulled back and we we're allowed a glimpse into this intimate exchange between God the Father and God his Son here on earth. It really is quite precious. In this incredible scene, we see Jesus' faithfulness and obedience to his Father, and we see the Father boldly declaring how intensely and how deeply he loves his Son. And so I want to reflect on that uh, this morning, I uh, want to acknowledge the work of Pastor Mark Strong, wrote a, a great message refocusing on fatherhood. And so I acknowledge his uh, work and influence. I'm, I'm drawing on his work this morning. And as we reflect more on, on the story of Jesus' baptism here, we're going to gain insight uh, into our needs as children, as people created in the image of God. We're going to get insight into what it means to be good fathers. And we're going to learn more about the God who Jesus teaches us to call our Father, Etotato Matua. And so first, first point we see here, we see that God the Father is present to his Son. He's present to his Son. So Jesus is about to embark on his mission of rescue. He comes to the waters, he rises out of the waters of baptism at Jordan, he goes into the desert where he's tempted, then he comes from there and he walks the journey to Calvary, he walks the road to Calvary where he will die for the sins of the world, then he will rise again and he will restore a lost humanity to the Father, this incredible rescue mission and through every step of that journey, his Father is with him. His Father is present. And He's present here at His baptism. The Holy Spirit descends in bodily form. The Holy Spirit represents uh, or presents or embodies the presence of God and the power of God. And so the Holy Spirit within us brings God's presence and power. And so the Holy Spirit descends upon Him. The presence of God. And the Father is present because we know the Father speaks to Him. 
His Father is with Him. Uh, There are research papers. There are books published that use phrases such as Father Absence. Father deficit, father hunger. There's a great song that the Temptations used to sing. Papa was a rolling stone. It speaks to this, the, the, the fatherlessness and the brokenness of families. It's a lament. And in the song, you have these sons saying to their mother, We've, our father's just died. We've heard these things about him. Tell us the truth. And the chorus says, Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And when he died, all he left us was alone. There's this lament, this, the, as these phrases say, father absence, father deficit, father hunger, referring to the distress that people experience in their lives due to the lack of that paternal presence, whether that's a physical or an emotional thing. I remember uh, once, I remember really experiencing this. I went on a school trip with one of my kids, and I was one of the only dads there. And a couple of kids just latched onto me, and they would grab my arms, and they would just go, Mr. Moitara, can we walk with you? And then I'd go to dinner and they'd go, can I sit with you and eat with you? And I'm sitting there going, hey, what? And I'm looking around for help from the mums and the mums. But I was like, whoa, hey, I didn't ask for what's going on. And, and so, you know, we'd go for a walk and that straight there. And as the trip went on, I found out that for one of the kids, their dad had died when they were young. And for another of the kids, their dad had left when they were young. And they just wanted that dad presence thing. And so I, I negotiated with my eight-year-old at the time that, that they might be able to share their dad for the duration of the trip. But I really experienced that, that longing. You know, and here we are at the start of, of Jesus' earthly ministry, and God the Father is present with his Son. The heavens opened so he could be present to his Son. God's Spirit rested on his Son. The Father's Word fell upon his ears and, I imagine, brought courage to his heart. God the Father felt it was important for his people to know that he was present with his son. And our heavenly Father likewise cares for us. God's presence is ever with us. God says in his word, one of my favorite verses from the New King James was the Bible my nana bought me when I first became a Christian. Uh, Hebrews 13 verse 5 says, Never, or, or I will never leave thee. I will never forsake thee, the words of God to his people. New Living Translation says, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And so where it's in our power, fathers, let us draw on God's strength and grace to be present for our children, amen? To be present. Don't underestimate the power of your presence. To be a comforting presence or a gentle presence. A safe presence. And let all of us draw near to God, our Father, who says that he will never leave us or abandon us, amen? And so not only is God present to his son, but we see that God the Father acknowledges his son and loves his son. So if we read there, Luke tells us that God said, you are my dearly loved son. Just think about it. It doesn't sound like much, but you are my son. That's acknowledgement. Who are you? You're my son. And he loves him. You are my dearly loved son. So get the sense of that eye-to-eye intimacy here. If you read it in Matthew's gospel, it's in the third person. He's declaring to the crowd, this is my son. But in Luke, it's, it's more intimate. It's in the second person. You are my son. He's speaking directly to him. You are my son. Make no mistake, you are mine, my son. And we see God the Father's love for Jesus here too. Make no mistake, you're mine and I love you. Never doubt it. Never doubt that you're mine. Never doubt my love for you. The Apostle John writes in his first letter, 
See what great love the Father has lavished. Think of that. That's, that's a powerful word, eh? That's an emotive word. Love has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Here, here it's an act of legitimation. It's, it, the child's security is assured. Their identity is secured because the Father says, you're mine. You're mine. Doesn't matter what others say. You're mine. And John just feels he has to reinforce it. And that is what we are. It's a fact. It's not just words. We are children of God. Earlier this year, uh, our son Josiah went to Japan uh, for a school trip, first time on a plane, let alone overseas. And so between the selection and then gathering the, the funds, you know, fundraising, it was a real whirlwind. And we went up to the airport to see him off. And I knew it would be quite emotional for his mum. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, keep an eye out for mum, look out for mum. And so we're there and we say our goodbyes, you know, we hug him and it comes time to leave. So we go to leave. I'm five metres out through the, the sliding doors and I can't, I can't go any further. I just stop. Ruby and Rachel, my wife and daughter, keep walking. They turn around, what are you doing? I just said, I, I, I can't, I can't, I've got to go, I've got to go back. Okay, okay. Quiet eye roll and they keep walking to the car. And so I go back. And of course, it's a public place, you know, and it's a teenage son. So, you know, you've got to be careful in terms of, but, but I went in and I caught his eye and I shook his hand and I hugged him again. I said, I love you. He says, I love you, dad. I said, go well, cool. We'd prayed, we'd said everything, but, but I still, it was just welling up within me. So I said my goodbyes, we jumped in the car, we drove down, you know, from the airport, there's that McDonald's and Dunkin' Donuts just down the road there. So we stopped there, Rachel went in, and I was sitting in, I was sitting in the car, and suddenly those tears came to my eyes, you know those tears that just sort of get squeezed out and just sort of dribble down? They just get squeezed, and I'm just sitting there, I'm going, wow, I'm really having an emotional reaction here. And Ruby says, it's all right, Dad, it's all right, and I... And I was okay, there was no shame in that, I was just feeling the emotion. But it was welling up and I felt I needed to say more. And so I typed out this long message that wouldn't have gone well face to face. And I typed out this long message, and it's, it's private, it's between my son and I, but, but it had phrases like, my son, I'm proud of you, I love you. So there's that acknowledgement, you know, my son. I love you, proud of you, God bless you. And I said all that, I, that, that, that was in here to say. And then he was able to respond. And I was actually surprised just how much he responded daily. But to be able to, to acknowledge and to, to speak in that less intense environment uh, via messenger. God acknowledged Jesus, you are my son. God the Father declared his love for Jesus. You are my dearly loved son. Dads, let's draw strength and grace uh, to acknowledge our children that they might know that they're loved, to be that loving presence, amen? And for us all to draw on God's love in Christ because of what Christ has done in his life, his death and his resurrection, our heavenly father loves each of us lavishly, claiming us now as his child. You're mine. Hear that for you this morning. You're mine. You're my child and I love you. So not only... Was God the Father present to his son? Not only did he acknowledge his son, not only did he express his love for his son, but he affirmed his son. He affirms his son. So we read there, and a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. See, this is more than them quoting scripture back and forth. 
There's an exchange between hearts going on here. NIV says, with him I am well pleased. Or or, uh, Tom writes, New Testament for everyone says, you are my son, my dear son, I'm delighted with you. Think of those words. The message uh, in Matthew's gospel of this account says, you are the delight of my life. Now, this is interesting. When God the Father said this, as far as we know from Scripture, Jesus hasn't healed any sick. He hasn't raised anyone from the dead. He uh, hasn't cast out any demons. He has not been obedient to the point of death on a cross. He hasn't been uh, resurrected. But the Father affirms him, not for what he's done or for what he will do, but he affirms Jesus, it would seem, simply because he is his son, his unique, his only begotten, his one and only son. You're my son. And I, I'm delighted with you. You bring me great joy. It was God the Father's delight to affirm Jesus. Jesus longs for us to be in a relationship with our Father, to know the Father as he knows him. And because of Jesus, God sends his spirit into our hearts to affirm that we are his children. Um, we have, Paul writes to the Romans, he says this to the Roman believers, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father, Abba, Papa. It's an intimate term. To be able to boldly go before the throne of grace because he is our Father. Because Jesus has paved the way. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So it was God the Father's delight to affirm Jesus. And it was God the Father's delight to affirm us as his children. To affirm you. You are his child. He loves you. And when we have faith in Jesus, we are God's children. We become part of God's family and we can reach out to him in loving intimacy and cry, Abba, Abba, Father, Papa. It's an intimate cry of the heart. I was thinking, I was reflecting on this. I remember one of the, when I first became a Christian, I was 20, 21, and we had this big game, huge, one of the biggest games I played. It was a big final. We played it on Rugby Park number one. We were leading 15-0, 10 minutes to go, we dropped the ball. The opposition scored 15 points, finished in a draw. Waikato Rugby Union didn't know what to do because there was nothing in place for that. And I remember my teammates were just, we'd, we'd been unbeaten through the season and there were guys just on their, their, their faces, they were just upset, punching the ground, some guys in tears. And I remember, because I, I just started my journey with the Lord at the time, I just found I just didn't care as much. Now, I'm not that mature now, I sort of, you know, that sort of didn't stay with me all the way through my life. But at that time, I was really surprised because it had meant everything to me, the results in rugby. And I remember in Rugby Park, if you remember Rugby Park, before they had the new big stand, they just had the terraces on one side, just those, those wooden seats that gave you about that much room to sit in. And I looked over and the only person sitting on that side was my dad. And I remember standing on, on the park and I thought, oh, where's my dad? And I looked over because I knew he'd be there. And I looked over, and he was sitting there, only guy on that side of the field, and he had his cheese cutter on, and he just went like this. And I gave him the kahununu wave back. I just went like that. <laughs> but he acknowledged me. He saw me in the midst of what I was going, going through. And I was still standing on the field, struggling with the fact that it didn't bother me as much as it once would have. 
And then suddenly I turned and he's just wandered onto the park. He's wandered onto the rugby park to talk to me. He's the only, only guy who's not a player or an official who's on the park. But he's wandered out because he wants to talk to his son. And so he walks out and I turn around and he's suddenly there. And he goes, oh, how are you? I said, oh, good. And he just put his hand on my head. I was 21. I was about eight inches taller than him. Very, but it was a very paternal gesture. It was very appropriate. And he just put his hand on my head and said, you're right? I said, yeah. I said, they played well, eh? They came back well. He said, yeah, yeah, they did. And it was funny. As much as I could see with my teammates, they were upset and thrown by what had gone on. And as much as I'd been impacted by the circumstances, I was all right because my father was there and I knew he loved me. And things would be all right. Every one of us here today, for our whānau online, for us here today in the room, your heavenly, or your heavenly Father loves you. Your earthly Father may never affirm you. He may never have affirmed you, but your heavenly Father will. And he does. You are his child and he loves you. Whether you find that hard to believe or not, that's the reality. He loves you. He loves you. Dads, let's follow our Heavenly Father's example eh? and speak those life-giving words. You know, I often say to my boys, you're beautiful. I love you. I don't know how they receive it. It doesn't matter. I say it. You're beautiful. Proud of you. You know, I delight in you guys. I say things like that every now and then in between the, empty the dishwasher, man. Tidy your room. (laughs) But those life-giving words of acknowledgement, of affirmation, and knowing that our Heavenly Father delights in us. Amen. Amen. As I come to a close this morning, Fano, Jesus taught us to pray. What did he teach us to pray? First two words. Our Father. Our Father. He invites us into the intimacy of his relationship with his Father. Hey, our Father. Our Father knows that for us to flourish in life and to function as we have been created to, we need to honor his name as holy. It doesn't work otherwise. Hey? Life doesn't work otherwise. He knows that we need to experience his kingdom coming. He knows that we need to experience his will being done here on earth as it is in heaven. He understands that about us. We might not get it at times, but just like little kids don't quite get what's going on in life, but they've got to trust us as parents too to know what's best for them. We understand our heavenly father knows what's best. He knows that we need bread daily to sustain us and he provides for us. Like I know many of fathers here and online provide. Many mothers too, many parents, grandparents provide. But our heavenly father knows we need daily bread to sustain us. He's, uh, he forgives us because he's eager for intimate relationship and for us to live as a people of forgiveness. And he knows that we need his guidance and his protection from evil. So he protects us and he watches over us. But I like the words of Pastor Daryl Johnson reflecting on the Lord's Prayer. He says, but in the end, it turns out that our greatest need is the Father himself. What we need is the Father. And Jesus has come to restore us to the Father. What we need is the embrace of our Heavenly Father, the restoring, healing, redeeming, transformative love of our Heavenly Father. In that that embrace, in that place of love, we can heal. 
we can change because we know we're accepted and loved. This morning you may long to be a better father to your children. So let's you and I look to follow the example of our Heavenly Father to endeavour to be present to those young lives around us. Emotionally present, physically present. To acknowledge them, to let them know, you're, you're mine and I love you. You know, let's you and I, imperfect though we are, lean into God, drawing on His grace and strength to reflect something of His Father's heart with the young lives that He's entrusted to us. So we're present, acknowledging, loving, and affirming of our children and others too. Because man, people are hungry, eh? People are hungry for affirming words. You, you know, we've got too much of that in New Zealand of that, oh yeah, nah, who am I? But, but the affirming words of an older man, of an older woman, of an older brother or sister, you have no idea of the power that those life-giving words can speak because so often people have gone through life without hearing anything affirming or loving. So let's endeavour to reflect something of the Father's heart in our lives, amen? Your heart may be burdened for the fatherless in your whānau or community. Psalm 68 verse 5 declares, Father to the fatherless, defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy. He places the lonely in families. So I pray this morning that the Father's heart would touch our hearts. Who can we mentor, affirm, love, acknowledge? Whose life could we speak into? Let's pray where we, 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 we want uh, those father figures, tuakana, teina, older brothers, uh, younger brothers, sisters, mothers, to, to be involved in the lives of people we know, to pray for that. And ultimately for all of us, as God's children, we look to God as Father. The Father who loved this world so much that He sent His only Son, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For the Father did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. He sent Him into the world to save the world through Him. So when He looked down on us from afar, He didn't sit there shaking His head, tut-tutting, going, ugh. He saw we were lost. We didn't even know we were lost. And He came because He loves us. It's the Father's heart. Jesus came, he lived, walked a path of obedience and was obedient everywhere where we weren't so he could represent us. And he died on a cross to bear our sins. He rose again to restore us to God the Father. Because of Jesus, we can turn from our sin. We can turn to God in faith, trusting him for salvation, reconciled, brought close again to our heavenly Father. So Father, I want us to rest in the Father's love today. To turn and notice that His eye is upon you. His, His affirming eye is upon you. His fatherly hand is reaching out and touching you, loving. And everything's going to be all right because your Father is with you. Let me pray. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today and online. For those of us who need to return to you, Lord, wondering if there's a place for us at home, I know your heart is just for children to return home, your children to return home. 
Lord, by your spirit, I pray that you would encourage your children to come home to your embrace this day. Lord, I pray that you would grant us grace to be fathers, to be present, to acknowledge our children, be they they physical children or spiritual, Lord, acknowledging, loving, affirming. Lord, I pray for all of us that we would know the Father's love this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, that you first loved us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your life, for the cross, for your intercession. Spirit of God, be with us this day, we pray. Bring the presence, that divine and heavenly presence, deep within us, I pray. And Father, draw us into your embrace. I pray, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. In Jesus' name I pray.